Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories and interviews about the weather and climate. And as summer officially arrives on the calendar, this is our third episode in their special series, getting you ready to enjoy all the activities and fresh air opportunities that the warmest season of the year can bring. I'm meteorologist Dean DeVore, and since more and more of the nation is opening up and more people are able to finally take some trips to see family and friends in approved areas, we thought it was a good chance to get an update on the AccuWeather Summer Forecast. Chief Long Range Forecaster Paul Pastelock will give us his latest is thinking. Next, we'll welcome back Chrissy Pitanowski and Jason Nichols, our meteorologists who will take us from AccuWeather Summer School to AccuWeather.com Summer Camp and what that means for you and your kids. And as we always do, toward the end of the episode, we'll talk a little in depth about the weather for the upcoming weekend and that forecast into the week beyond. It's time to talk about everything under the sun. I bet if you ask everyone when their personal summer begins, you'll get an answer as varied as the types of weather that we can see in the Northern Hemisphere during its warmest season. For younger folks, the easy answer is their last day of school, which, of course, can range from early May to mid-June, depending on the locale and the educational level. For adults and their work and the way they live, the tradition has been generally to consider Memorial Day weekend through Labor Day weekend as summer. Well, those of us who deal with weather think about three different summers. First, there's solar summer, when your area is getting the most intense sunshine. It starts in the Northern Hemisphere in early May, peaks right about now, and then wanes in early August. Then there's meteorological summer, designating summer as the months with the three warmest temperatures. And for areas north of the equator, that's June, July, and August. Finally, there's astronomical summer, which starts this weekend on Saturday evening at 543 Eastern Daylight Time in the evening, when the sun's most direct rays at solar noon then will start heading back south towards the equator. However you slice it, summer means vacations and plenty of time outdoors. And with the COVID COVID-19 pandemic, those commodities are now more important than ever. So to help you plan and think about the kind of weather we're going to see the rest of your summer, I wanted to bring back Paul Pastelock to get the latest thinking from our long-range team. So, Paul, as we get uh, into the beginning of summer with the solstice arriving at 543 Eastern Time on Saturday, late afternoon and evening, uh, we're looking at uh, checking in with you again. And Mm -hmm. there's some minor changes we need to make to the summer forecast. I think general thoughts about how hot it's going to be and places this summer, especially in the Northeast, uh, the amount of precipitation and those kinds of things. A bulk of it hasn't changed, but there have been a few tweaks and I wanted to go over that with you. You know, let's just talk about the last couple of weeks as we've kind of, you know, there's meteorological summer that starts in June. 
Um, the actual calendar summer doesn't start till the 21st. But as you kind of said, there was kind of been this flipping back and forth, especially Great Lakes and Northeast, where the warm airs tried. It's gotten pushed back a little bit. We had some cool downs, a really nice stretch here. In fact, if all of spring had been like the last week in spring <laughs> in the Northeast and some of these places have been great. But we're starting to see, and I see the signs, and I think it starts this weekend, almost with the calendar change to summer as we're going to get pushing in more and more bouts of longer-term heat and humidity up into the Great Lakes in the Northeast. I think the key is the humidity. I think the humidity comes back. We've seen so many comfortable nights here mm. in the east and the northeast, the nights getting down very cool, mm. low, low cooling demand in these places. I think that's going to change now as we go into the first full week of summer, Dean. And, and so those places, you know, you're just going to have to get used to, you know, maybe getting one night or two nights of a little bit of relief, but then it's going going to stay warm and sticky a lot longer, three, four, five, six, seven day stretches. You see, you hit it on the nose. I think more nights, more days of warm and sticky conditions, and then a few back downs coming our way, but not as strong as we've seen so far, the summer, meteorological summer so far. All right. So I asked you to identify to me three things that you thought were the biggest adjustments. And the first one that you brought up to me was uh, you removed uh, the cool designation for the Northern Plains and warming temperatures across the central Northern Plains. Talk about that a little bit of adjustment. All of these adjustments resulted from a slight shift in the upper level pattern that started over the Pacific. And so everything's kind of being shifted just slightly east. So the warmth that's built up in the Rockies that we've seen in the southwest is getting into the plain states and kind of creeping in and getting pulled into parts of the Midwest. So we kind of eliminated some of those lower temperature nights and days uh, for that area. They'll still get some comfortable days from time to time, Mm -hmm. but it won't be as frequent as we first originally thought. So then the second area that you brought up to me is you've intensified the thought that there was going to be some really significant drought, and uh, you've expanded that in some areas. Yeah, across southern Colorado into parts of the western Plains states, we've intensified and expanded the drought conditions. Not as much precipitation getting there in the past month, month and a half, and so those areas have expanded. And we've also seen some drier areas in the northeast and the northern plains that are starting to sprout out. So those are conditions that have changed a little bit. But uh, And it, you know, result of that, we've seen some warmer temperatures in those regions as well, Dean. So as we expected, we've erased the drought in Florida, and the, thanks to this early active uh, tropical season and other things already. Uh, so uh, if you've thought about the fire threat, if we looked at it, we've already been off the charts here with fire threat in parts of the southwestern United States early. It looks like that eases out over the next couple of days as we head into this upcoming weekend, but there will be a return to fire threat out west. The fire threat that you see in the southwest is normal. That's what It's supposed to happen this time of the year. It's happened and it's, it's excelled a little bit because of the heat and dryness. Florida, they needed about 9, 12 inches of rainfall to eliminate their drought, and they did it with tropical weather. Now we're waiting on the northwest, the interior northwest. It looks like it's going to be from northern California into parts of uh, Idaho and in those areas that are going to see the worst conditions. But it's going to wait. It's going to take some time because they've seen precipitation, Dean, Mm. from time to time here in the late spring, early summer. Absolutely. Uh, We're talking with our top long-range guy, Paul Pasolak, and leads our team of uh, forecasters. So I know you work with Dan Kutlowski, and you work with the other parts of our forecast team. So we're waiting for Dolly. Dolly's the next name that needs to be formed. Mm -hmm. So we're already early into the season, three names. I mean, it looks active. Has that changed anything in your situation, his kind of ramp up into the number of storms that we may see in terms of what you've done in terms of the overall summer forecast? Everything is looking right on target. We got the early systems that we expected in the Gulf region. 
Uh, we're starting to see the Saharan Desert uh, dust coming off of Africa, which is typical going to July. That's why you see kind of a lull in the tropical activity. And then as we get to August, we're actually seeing the waters cooling over the eastern Pacific right on time. La Niñas usually mean that you can get an above-normal number of storms during the peak of the hurricane season, and that is going right on time. So things still look good for high numbers this year. So, again, the summer highlights turning very warm all the way from the Great Lakes into the northeast. This may be one of the hotter summers in those areas that I can remember here in the last five, six, seven years. New England will struggle a little bit here in the short term, and then they will get hotter as we get later into the summer. Exactly. I, I think the interior sections, though, into the Ohio Valley, They'll see their surges from time to time at any time of the summer. So I think those places, when it's all said and done, will end up being a few degrees warmer than New England. But still, all in all, I think people will get their heat. Still muggy thunderstorms uh, mid-Atlantic down through the southeast back to east Texas. Some showers over parts of uh, Florida, which will continue to help erase the drought. And then all that heat and wildfires that we talked about. Uh, a lot of dry thunderstorms uh, in the southwest in the Four Corners area this yes, year. Yes, and then we'll see the monsoon kick in. It doesn't look like it's going to be a, a you know big monsoon season, but as you get into July and August, you'll start to see some thunderstorms erupting in parts of Arizona and New Mexico, but it looks like it's going to stay in the Four Corners, maybe get to Southern California. Now, you know, one of the things that you alluded to when we initially talked about the summer forecast was that, and, and it kind of goes in line with people dealing with COVID and, and the fight against coronavirus, which they didn't or weren't able to take a lot of their vacations or trips over the late spring and even early summer now, as we're still trying to open things up. But the good news is that in a lot of the places where we normally have good weather just till the, traditionally would be Labor Day, it looks like this warmth and nice weather will continue into September, October. So if folks need to kind of push their vacations back and want to go in places where they normally wouldn't go October, September, it might be a pretty good bet this year. I think that's a great point to make. It's sluggish in the Northeast. The restrictions are still on pretty strong, but September and October don't look too bad. So you may see a lot of people heading up towards maybe Martha's Vineyard or Mm, Cape Cod. Those places, I think it looks pretty good, the weather up across the Northeast. All right. Um, Any other things that you uh, have thought or uncovered here as we, and I'm sure you're already starting to unpack what you think fall was going to look like? Well, I think fall could start out on the warm side, but there could be a flip that takes place at Mm. the end of fall. The things that we're seeing, the signals we're seeing right now, November may not be a nice uh, month for us, especially oh, in the eastern half of the nation. Oh, oh <laughs> like some snow in November where places? All right, we'll uh, get to that as we get closer. Paul, thank you to you and your team for all the hard work you do. Maybe we'll check in again uh, midsummer and see how the fall forecast is shaping up. Thanks, Dean. Sounds great. If you'd like to hear more about AccuWeather's long-range forecast thinking, I encourage you to check out one of my favorite podcasts. That's Going Long with Joe and Paul. Paul is joined by senior meteorologist Joe Lundberg each week for a really good, in-depth, informative look at what's happening and what our thinking is in the future of the weather going past those 570 forecasts you see on TV or hear us talk about. It has lots of insight, little humor thrown in for good measure. You can download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you pick up your podcasts. Up next, school may be out for summer, but never fear. You don't have to stop learning about science and the weather. AccuWeather.com Summer Camp is here. That's up next on Everything Under the Sun. Make AccuWeather Daily a part of your daily routine. Enable the flash briefing and say, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? To access this content on Google Assistant, all you have to say is, Hey Google, talk to AccuWeather Daily. 
you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm Dean DeVore. You may remember back early on in our COVID-19 series, we highlighted an AccuWeather.com initiative, which was germinated by our president, Steve Smith. It was called AccuWeather School. Well, that project was picked up by many of our great team members, including senior meteorologist Chrissy Pitadowski and Jason Nichols. They took up the task of providing daily lessons to teachers and to stay-at-home parents who were helping their students learn while in-person school was on hold. Well, Chrissy and Jason are back to talk about our latest educational project and initiative, and that's what we call our online AccuWeather Summer Camp. Well, when we last caught up with you two, we were in the middle of uh, AccuWeather School, and now we've kind of transitioned as we're entering into summer to AccuWeather Summer Camp. So I guess let's get the concept of this a bit. Um, what you guys were doing before was was really trying to provide parents with lessons for their children to learn science and math and those kinds of lessons through the weather. You know, Jason, I want to start with you. Uh, I know that we got so excited with all the experiments that we were seeing you and do with your kids. Uh, did that uh, keep going? How was that excitement? How do you think it uh, all wrapped up with AccuWeather School towards the end? Oh, it was fun doing those experiments. I'm still doing experiments. I actually have a few planning on doing. I have a couple things I had to order to get them in so I could do more experiments. But I have a couple things coming up that are a little more they're science-based, but they're a little more arts and crafty as well. You can make uh, have an experiment coming up that I was going to film about making your own hover craft uh, using a balloon and a CD. I also have another one that you can make your own kind of party popper kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that'll be coming up. I have to film that as well. My daughters are still actively involved and they love help, helping me with all these experiments. So they're still coming. I'm just got to, like I said, I have a few things in the works. I just have to film them and Send them on in so we can get them online. Chrissy, uh, I mean, I think the success of the AccuWeather School then made you want to continue to do something into the summer. And that's probably how you came up with the idea of AccuWeather Summer Camp. Yeah, it's just one of those that you've heard some camps, they're either been canceled or they're going virtual. And yeah, we just had fun through the school year, especially with the experiments. And we thought, okay, let's keep it going. And so in addition to Jason's experiments, I've been doing some activities, cloud scavenger hunts, just some other things that keeps, and they're fun. And also they have the message, you know, for people, for kids to learn about the weather. So one I did was cracking the car windows. A lot of people think that if you crack your car window on a hot day, it'll keep your car cooler. Well, I bought a big kid toy with an infrared thermometer and I've been having fun with that and showed that, you know, it really doesn't make a difference. So, you know, not just kids to learn, but hopefully also adults can have fun learning too. So when you uh, look at the uh, format for the AccuWeather School, you decided to try to go more of a camp format. And when I've been to camp, usually you have two or three sessions about the subject that you uh, are are dealing with at that at particular time. So I think that's the way you guys tried to set this up for a particular day. That's right. We have three activities through the day. We post one in the morning, midday, and then the evening, afternoon. And some of we tried to base it like you said, camp has the different activities. So we have a weather detective segment, um, the cloud scavenger hunt, petting zoo, bug camp, race time, map station, kind of all of those are some of the examples. And then we wrap it up every day with a campfire tale. And again, trying to keep the same theme. Um, We're doing an animal theme. So we incorporated 
uh, one of the podcasts that talked about frogs raining. It was raining frogs in uh, England one day. So we had talked about that tale and then continuing the theme with animals, with learning about mosquitoes and also proving that you can use cricket chirps to tell the temperature. Oh, you can. So yes. as an adult, I can attend AccuWeather Summer Camp and learn that lesson as well? Yes, you can. So I filmed it, you know, went out, was filming a cricket chirp and tested the theory, which I remember I had heard the theory first here in the AccuWeather podcast. And so I wanted to test it, thought it was a perfect thing to do here for summer camp. For those of you who don't know, Chrissy grew up on a farm. She's a farm girl at heart. Um, I am. And, and, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, just the sensibility of being an agricultural person or someone who was raised in the outside, I think, allows you to open your mind about these things, right? And and Jason, I think that's one of the best things about all of this, whether it's the school or the summer camp. This is opening your children's, uh, your, your your students, your campers' minds to possibilities and understanding how just simple things in nature relate to some very science uh, based things. That was the idea to try to get simple things that we kind of notice all the time, but we don't really kind of understand what's going on behind it. Like try to get us to think critically about things going on around us because there's science around us all the time. It's just that if we're not paying attention, you just don't really notice it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think part of it is the intellectual curiosity sometimes when when we have all the information at our fingertips we don't tend to want to think. We just want to check what somebody else says about it. But this is a way to kind of teach people to how to kind of think critically at a very young age, but have fun while doing it. That was the idea to try to get, get them thinking, problem solving, logical thinking, just not going to, hey, Google, what, why does this do this? Wanted to get them to think and try to figure out the world around them on their own just by simple experiments here I try to keep them as simple as possible so the kids can relate and also a little bit of try to keep them somewhat exciting so that the adults learn something as well or, or at least uh, have interest in it. Are you guys planning to do this all summer? Chrissy? Yeah. Is that the, yep. Is, that's the plan. The time? Wow. That's, that's a, that's a pretty impressive plan because I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of days in the summer to fill. Yeah. And it's just kind of to Jason's point um, with doing this, I just constantly find myself, I'm just sitting around like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. Um, you know, going to talk about lightning bugs, you know, just kind of the little things you said when I was up on the farm, I was just, I was on my tractor and I was just thinking of other things we can do, you know, can also bring, you know, do field trips too with this, with doing more of the activities and more of the visual sense. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the other thing I would think uh, this time of year, good too, to teach kids about clouds and and yep. what kind of clouds and you know i think sometimes we adults and meteorologists learn more about clouds because the clouds can really tell us a lot about the weather just about like everything else so is the plan then to go through summer camp and then maybe go back to school in the fall and get back into that regime is that the, the is there any plan to uh, do that you know we're just kind of seeing how it goes through the summer and make that decision you know it's been great we've had a lot of people interact one of the most engaging posts was one of the classes we had was named the hurricane name 
because, um, you know, last year there's two names that could be retired. So we wanted to get, you know, Dorian was one of them. And so we just wanted to get people, you know, their ideas. So it's great to see that engagement with people and with both the school and now into the camp. I, I agree. And, you know, you're always soliciting ideas. We're always soliciting ideas for the podcast uh, at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Do you guys have an email where people can respond and communicate with you with suggestions? Not an email, but it's where um, through Twitter and Facebook, if you use the hashtag AccuWeather Summer Camp, still I'm watching AccuWeather School too, just as we were promoting that, but AccuWeather, hashtag AccuWeather Summer Camp. If you have an idea or want to learn something, definitely can reach out to us and we'd love to cover it. Jason Nichols, Chrissy Podnowski, thank you so much for all you've done in this regard and what you do for AccuWeather. And uh, we'll check in with the fall, see if there's something going on for the fall, a new semester maybe of AccuWeather School. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Make sure you check into our summer camp on our website with daily updates on AccuWeather.com. Friends, we are really proud of these kinds of projects and how much work and love our AccuWeather team members put into them. We thank Chrissy and Jason. Coming up on Everything Under the Sun, Who will get the summer heat this weekend and beyond? And who will be dodging thunderstorms? And how does that early part of the following week look? AccuWeather Senior Meteorologist Dave Samuel joins me next. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather. And it's time for our weather look forward. This forecast drops weekly, usually Friday mornings, although we may move it up a day or so in some of the coming weeks. But as I stated at the beginning, our goal is always to get you ready to enjoy all the things that summer has to offer. We'll take a look ahead at the end of our podcast at the upcoming weekend and then the early week beyond. And I welcome into the program Dave Samuel, who honestly wears too many hats around here. He's a senior meteorologist. You can hear him filling in for me and Brian Thomas. Thompson and some of our bigger radio stations on the weekdays if we're off. But he also has a big hand now in our long-range forecasting team, the likes of which I mentioned Paul Passlock, Joe Lundberg. Well, Dave Samuel's part of that, and he joins me to take a look at this upcoming summer weekend and beyond. So, Dave, uh, well, you've been at AccuWeather now, what, over 15, 16 years? Yeah, yep, since 2001. So, I'm approaching the 20-year mark here, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, Dave is one of our graduates from North Carolina State. We have a couple of them. Um, good program down there. Talk a little bit about your experiences down there. Well, yeah, it is um, definitely a good program, um, up and coming. It's similar to Penn State, so it's a little more research-based. Uh, um, it was a smaller program than Penn State. Graduated with about eh, 10, maybe 15 people. Uh, the freshman classes had about 40, so the uh, the math really weeded a lot of people out, uh, doing all the calculus and all that, <laughs> that stuff. It was more math than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, so, it does that. It does that in this uh, the field yeah. a little bit. So um, I brought Dave in to talk about this upcoming weekend and into the uh, upcoming week. Dave just returned to AccuWeather as we're recording this after spending some days in Michigan where... 
over the last weekend, they were probably complaining it was a little too cool for them for thinking that it was summer. But yeah. I don't think anybody in the Great Lakes in the Northeast are going to be complaining up in New England about not having it. Well, those who like the summer heat and humidity, it's on its way, Dave. It's really starting to bake in now. And we're seeing some of that as we record this late in the week with showers and thunderstorms as this warmth and humidity build northward. Yeah, that's exactly right. So in uh, Michigan in June, you can expect anything as far as weather goes. So I think most folks uh, used to traveling there kind of pack everything. You pack winter clothes to summer clothes. And uh, the week we were there, there. We had anywhere from highs in the 90s to uh, lows in the upper 30s and highs in the 50s. So we even had um, uh, what was left of Cristobal come through and it actually intensified as it approached Michigan. And the pressure when it passed where I was in Michigan uh, was much lower than the surface pressure was when it made landfall. So it was actually uh, really a, a damaging storm. We almost lost a boat because uh, the wind was so strong and the waves were high. It moved an entire boat lift about six feet. And those things are heavy. It was pretty crazy up there that week. It was like we, you know, we had made some inroads into summer in some of those places. And then it was like we got back to uh, fall. We fast forward into fall. But now summer's on its way. So it's going to be an interesting forecast this weekend because the numbers are telling us it wants to get hotter. We also have uh, some upper level lows to deal with. It's uh, the the pattern is kind of stuck. If you look at the whole jet stream, it's really undulating with big peaks and then big dips. Those mm-hmm. dips are on the edges. We've got some cutoff lows. So it's going to be a challenging forecast. There's some places are going to be amazing, get really warm, like northern New England. That's going to be like a heat yeah. wave building in. Yeah. But then there's going to be some unsettledness as you get a little farther south in the, in the mid-Atlantic, northeast, and over to the Great Lakes. That'll be interesting to watch, but people certainly will get a taste of heat and humidity over the next couple yeah. of days. Yeah, really. Yeah, Like you said, Dean, uh, the humidity has been very low across the northeast. And I think today here uh, is the first day in Pennsylvania that it's been very humid. Um, and we're just going to build on that. So the upper level low that dropped all that heavy rain is kind of unraveling. So there's still some pieces of it left. So uh, you can get unlucky and get under one of these pieces and have it rain for several hours. But I think that'll be the exception uh, as opposed to the rule. It'll turn into a more of a scattered shower, mainly afternoon and evening uh, shower thunderstorm type event. And it's going to get warmer. The more sunshine you get, the warmer it will get. So uh, the highest departures from normal will be in the north. And yeah, so it's going to feel like summer out there this week with the humidity and pop up afternoon showers and storms in many places. So, uh, yeah, New England hot um, with the very scattered thunderstorms, probably in some of the higher elevations away from the water. I think the coast is going to be one of the best first beach weekends for New England and Cape Cod and those areas. But then it gets unsettled. I think we have to watch showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon all throughout the mid-Atlantic and New York, uh, the Delmarva beaches, New Jersey beaches, down through the uh, Carolinas, uh, unsettled around Florida. It kind of carves out a dry, warm area over the weekend in the southeast. But then another area of unsettled weather is where some of the cooler air is trying to bump into some of that heat along the coast, and that's northern plains into uh, places like uh, Chicago, especially by Sunday, and Detroit by Sunday could see some showers and thunderstorms, and through uh, places like St. Louis, too, some showers and thunderstorms building as we get into the weekend. You're right. There's been another very cold trough coming through the west, and this is dumped snow in the Rockies. I was just looking at some snow totals over a foot in uh, the area near the Idaho-Montana border. Just crazy. It's not incredibly unusual for that to happen uh, in that region, uh, but it is a, a cold trough coming in. So uh, those areas you highlighted, Dean, if we're going to get severe weather this week, and that's probably where it is, the nation's midsection into the Midwest, and that could include St. Louis and Chicago and other places because you're going to have that cold air clashing with the warm, humid air, and uh, it's going to add issues. So in the 
east, we're talking about these scattered storms. They should not be severe, but sure, get a couple of the downpours, some uh, rumbles of thunders, flashes of lightning. That should move through pretty quickly, but that severe weather target area is probably further west across the central states. And as we go into the weekend out west, seems pretty settled. Uh, it looks yeah. like that heat uh, is going as uh, the warmth has been this late week, kind of going back up into uh, places, inland parts of the Pacific Northwest, still cooler along the coast. But mm-hmm. you know, we've been having fire danger out there. It looks like that warmth and that ridge continues to build in as we go into next week. Yeah, that's an interesting forecast in the West. Um, uh, we've had some big fires in Arizona, which isn't unusual to get those in June, right before the monsoon hit. That's really hot and really dry. So the RH is relative humidity, super low. And sure enough, we have fires around Phoenix and even outside of Tucson. So we're waiting on the monsoon there. Should get there by the beginning of July. But uh, elsewhere, this uh, trough has brought the cool weather uh, to most of the West. It's been uh, way below average the last few days. Salt Lake City uh, through the Rockies again. And of course, where it's snowing, obviously below average. So as that lifts out, we're going to see a pattern change across the West. It's going to heat up, but the coastal areas are going to struggle. There's going to be enough of an onshore flow. Uh, We're not going to be setting any records or anything next week on the coast. But I think I highlighted in our long range blog today that uh, Northern uh, California, Sacramento Valley, places like Redding, uh, Red Bluff, they could see 110 degrees next week. So it's going to be very hot and that will put them near record territory. So uh, we'll have a west Western heat wave uh, developing next week. It looks like just not exactly right at the coast. And uh, certainly we uh, were thinking that uh, that is uh, going to continue that heat there. Does the heat in the Northeast continue into New England as well? Do we look at that uh, situation to continue? It looks to me like some of the numbers that I'm just seeing now in the loading here in the late week for early next week are coming up in terms of the heat continuing in the Northeast of New England. Yeah, it looks like the warm air might try to hold on to the coastal areas. I mean, in the mid-Atlantic, you know, we've had cool weather lately. It, it, we may not see extreme warmth until next week, till we get rid of these showers and storms. So, you know, we could be uh, seeing some temperatures approaching 90 on the 95 corridor next week. But there will be that trough trying to come east. We're trying to bring cooling eventually. It'll take a little while. It'll probably weekends before it moves into the Northeast. But uh, should be a slow uh, cool down then towards the end of next week and next weekend. But it should be very warm, especially the coastal plain uh, early to middle portions of next week. I said up front that he wears many hats. I forgot to mention up front, you can also see Dave's contributions in many of our astronomy stories or on our AccuWeather Astronomy Twitter account. And speaking of that, AccuAstronomy, if you didn't catch last week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, Brian Leda talks about this summer's celestial highlights. And in the week before that, we were joined by Dan Kutlowski, our hurricane expert, as he went over the thoughts about the 2020 hurricane season. In fact, I'm going to try to get Dan on next week to give us a little tropical update and get into the weather for that weekend before the July 4th holiday weekend. Also in the coming weeks, I plan to talk with someone from the USDA and some of our meteorologists. We've got growing concerns about food prices across the country. We're already seeing some extreme weather with some drought showing up in places in the early part of the growing season. And with that and the additional effects of COVID-19 to supply chain and everything, it could bring bigger and higher prices to bear to the market. So we'll plan on doing a story about that. We also want to talk about something that is, well, we're itching to talk about it, I guess is what I really wanted to say. The summer's mosquito threat. Who's going to get a bumper crop of skeeters? That's also on the docket in the coming weeks. Friends, if there's anything else under the sun you'd like to hear us talk about, please send us suggestions, comments, questions to our email address, accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. That's accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Thanks again to Chrissy, Dave, Jason, Paul, 
proudly representing our hundreds of amazing AccuWeather team members who work so hard every day to give you the best information to plan your day and to protect your life and property. Special thanks to executive producers Ken Prell and Andy Robb, and a lot of appreciation to you, our listeners. If you enjoy this weekly visit with information and stories about the weather and climate and you know someone else who may, please share it with them. Pass along where they can listen to it, where they can download and subscribe on our AccuWeather.com slash podcast page or on the many great places that you can get podcasts. We thank you. That'll do it for this week. From our global headquarters in State College, I'm Dean DeVore. Welcome to summer officially. Please stay safe and well, and thanks for listening to Everything Under the Sun. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.